There are two things that I know for sure. Number one, I'm watching my nation and my health fall apart right in front of my eyes. Number two, I'm happier and more at peace than I have ever been. Why? Because my life, destiny, and purpose are not falling apart. They're coming together. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, Whose I am, why I'm here, and where I'm going reveals who I am and how to find peace. Seeing reality from heaven's view causes every day to make sense. Life's not about our careers or our failures. We're called to love and live in God's presence forever. It was Christmas Eve, 2020, and I was, as my custom, sitting by the fire in the garage, seeking the Lord for peace and purpose. Only the firelight lit the room as the music played quietly, and it was here that God gave me a visitation of His glory and greatness. From that day, I have been able to sense the presence of God and the coming atmosphere of heaven like never before. I was very troubled, spiritually, even emotionally and physically, but God had a plan in it all. Through it, He began showing me how to overcome, how to think right in this place of weakness, and He became my therapist. I was really struggling with why He didn't heal me, and I wound up having to retire from the pastorate and from my TV business. Where had I failed? Do I have to go back and confess every private sin and failure I've ever made? Will I stand before God someday and be judged for failing Him somehow? Amidst this was the growing weakness that was crushing my chest with fatigue, beating every effort into relapse upon relapse with being near total disablement. But this night... With the winter wind howling outside and the fire warming the garage, the glory of God showed up. My answer for peace was not healing, nor was it counseling me on how I should be bargaining with God about past failures. He just showed up himself. He flowed in me with such a great sense of his majesty that I knew this one thing. The only thing that mattered was his life in my heart. I knew when you stand before God and He manifests His glory, everything turns to peace and hope. Fear and torment about every life situation is just gone, and I, I knew I was chosen by God, and I was trembling at the result of that to such a degree that I knew one thing. All of life revolves around the choice He has made, not the choices we make. 
My choice is done in my power. His choice is done with the power of His majesty. God says two things to the disciples one day. He says, I'm leaving, and you can't come, and you're going to fail. What would you do? To this, Jesus simply says, don't let your heart be troubled. You need to look at reality from heaven's viewpoint, not your own. You see, the disciples were afraid they'd no longer have the presence of God in their lives because Jesus said he was going to be crucified. He was leaving. Secondly, amidst this emptiness, just like the emptiness I felt until God showed up in the garage that day, Peter was told that he would deny Jesus three times before morning. To both of these major issues— the seeming loss of the presence of God and the tremendous sifting of Satan because of Peter's failure, Jesus simply says, Now don't let your heart be troubled. They were heartbroken. They began to feel the sting that I felt leading up to that Christmas Eve night. In the months leading up to it, I was deeply hungering for the presence of God more than I realized. God knew what was in men's hearts, and he was focused on fixing it, not judging and condemning them. So often, I was troubled with feelings of guilt over why I was forced to retire because of my health, but God wasn't about to let me waste away in misery or loneliness. He restored his presence that night. Here's the key to understanding that life is about far more than what we're going through here. Jesus led these disciples to understand that he was going to prepare a place for us in heaven, to be in his presence forever. All of this world can only be overcome when we realize that everything is a preparation for God's purpose for our lives to be with him. Now, I want you to watch this. There are several revelations here. Jesus, the creator of the universe, has come down to you twelve disciples to teach you for three years. You believe that He is Almighty God in the flesh. He's the Creator of all that existed. What's your expectation of what it would be like if this great monarch of eternity came into visible manifestation in your room? Though His glory is hidden, He's the King of kings. Can you in any way imagine that he loves you so much that he would actually bow down and wash your feet? Do you see God in any way bending this low to mankind? This God, whom men fell dead if unworthy to touch the Ark of the Covenant, is now bowing down in your dining room to wash your feet as you sit in your chair and watch the one who hung the stars in the sky and knows them all by name is now on the floor in front of you serving your need to be clean. He's washing your feet. No, he's washing your very soul. Now, humble yourself and love one another. Set aside your supposed just right to be totally bent out of shape with someone. Completely set aside all right 
to vindication, retribution, and justice, though you have been bitterly wronged. Set aside your being disrespected and harmed and robbed in every possible way. Realize that your resistance to such an act of love isn't because their transgressions were so horrible. Let's be very precise here. It's because your own pride and heightened sense of justice over against true love has challenged you. You're having a hard time because of who you aren't, not because of what was done to you. If you can't wash their feet, it's your problem, not theirs. You let your heart be ruled by others instead of God's love for you. As stunning as the murderous acts of Hamas in Israel, as degrading and foreign to human sensibilities this was, so much more so is the heart of the Savior to pray that the Father would forgive the haters who drove nails into his hands and his feet. What an amazing shock to see his murderers being given grace. Why? He had no malice or desire to see men suffer because they deeply despised and rejected him under torture and death. None. The greatest shock is not the depths of depravity, but the heights of love. Sin cannot overpower God's grace. Grace washes feet says, I'm going to die for you because I want to be with you forever. True humility is the soul emptied of its selfishness, its pride, and its impurity. It sits stunned, not at the injustice done to it, but at the mercy it has received. This kind of humility and faith is more shaken by the love of God than by the hatred of men and devils. It's the kind of love that defines what your life and future is all about. It says, don't let your heart be troubled. I will do all that is needed so I can be with you and fix you. Learn to be more influenced, controlled, and motivated by the love of God than by the corruption you see in the world today. We all must. Don't let your heart be troubled. This says, Peter, don't worry. I'm going to fix you. My will for your life is to be with me. I'm going to prepare a place for you. It couldn't be more clear that our destiny is not about our life on earth. When we interpret God from this side of the grave and not from the revelation of his word, we greatly err and cause ourselves our families, and the world great harm. How could a God of love do this? If there is a God like you say, we wouldn't have all this suffering. Those questions are all set to rest by the revelation of the love of God. A troubled heart can be something like the small failure of your latest technology in your house. It's like well, I just told Google to turn up the heat in my smart home, and instead I got a lecture from him on global warming. It's frustrating. Or 
a troubled heart can be hearing that you have cancer, and it's followed by your fear, your anger, or terrible depression. God in our lives can't be defined or judged by our short lifespans on earth. We're created to be with Him. But that journey through this life is filled with many failures and sins. So Philip said, We don't know where you're going, Jesus, or the way there. Jesus simply said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was talking about how to come to the place where all of our life makes sense. When we don't understand this, we can easily try to satisfy this longing, this thirst inside with something from the world or from our own abilities. This will always lead to dissatisfaction and self-esteem issues because we don't know who we are. Who we are comes completely from knowing whose we are and why we are here. If God wants me to be with him, then why am I here? Jesus' prayer clears that up. He said, you're sent into the world just like I was so that you could love it to life again for me. That's the only foundation of knowledge from which I can rightly discern and judge the many things that I face in this world. So let it be settled. I'm here for a reason, and that reason is far higher than to be a consumer. So whose I am and where I'm going and why I'm here needs to be firmly in place if I'm to be a success in this life. Nothing else matters if these issues are not in place. I will absolutely fail in life without this. And establishing this comes from one thing, knowing and believing in Jesus. We must not languish either in our failures or in the demise of our nation as it falls apart right in front of our eyes. We're not here to have successful careers. We're here as those sent by God to live in the influence of His presence and love like He loves. We're sent to prepare for our destiny with God in unimaginable glory and sent here to build that faith in others. Democracies and dictatorships come and go, but the kingdom of God is forever. Don't let your heart be troubled. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. Seeing reality from heaven's view causes every day to make sense. Life's not about our careers or our failures. We're called to love and live in God's presence forever.